Welcome to the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast, where we take a deep dive into the latest marketing trends, tools, and tips, and provide you with the top resources you need to thrive and make your marketing mesmerizing. And now, here's your host, Dimple Dang. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Mesmerizing Marketing. I'm super excited to be here with Sophie Schwetz. She is the founder of Clad AI. So welcome. And we are tuning you in all the way from Europe. So tell us where you are joining us today from. Actually, I'm in San Francisco. <laughs> oh, <laughs> funny. It's funny. I was just there for the AI conference. I don't know if you were there, but I went to the AI conference last week. Yeah, I, there is a plan of like every week, there is two, three events covering different aspects of AI, different topics, but like my team is in Europe. So yeah, uh, that's why I, I understand where this suggestion coming from. Wonderful. Well, tell us, you know, tell us for the audience, because there's so many AI tools and there's so many tools that are coming out every single day. I know yeah. that some people obviously have heard of Clad AI and some people have not. So let's give a rundown of what exactly Clad AI is and what it does. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks a lot for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so Clay AI is an AI product photography tool. We started a few years ago with when we started helping e-commerce brands create beautiful product pictures, mostly for marketplaces, you know, catalogs, because it takes a lot of time to edit photos. And sometimes you don't just have good originals. So we built a bunch of tools that you can combine together and basically automate editing, like removing backgrounds, fixing lights, cutting out products, placing them on new canvases. So everything is done by AI and it replicates this very routineish job of, of retouchers that we need to have the nice product photography. We need to do that. And last year we started looking to generate AI when uh, we saw a lot of potential in this new technology that wasn't possible before. And this year we launched a new direction called AI photo shoot when we can take these images on white backgrounds or just like something that we shoot on the phones and create marketing images like images in lifestyle settings, images that we would use on our Instagram, in our display ads, Facebook ads that allow us to showcase the products in some, you know, in some context to promote and make it look better. I love that, Sophie, because I've actually tried out the tool myself. And I think that the photos that it creates are just dynamic and they're gorgeous and they're beautiful. And when someone has, let's say, an e-commerce beauty website, or maybe they have a brand of even high-end liquor that they're selling or, or anything that's a product that they've created, it can be even coffee. It really makes a big difference on how those photos are displayed and if they speak to the audience. And it's like the imagery is what sells because you're selling the concept of, you know, they're buying something tangible, it gets delivered yeah. to their door, they actually get to hold it, feel it in their hand. So that's wonderful. So tell me your background in terms of like what you were doing before this and what inspired you to actually, you know, go into this industry of, of technology and AI. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a marketer myself. I was studying economics and marketing back in like Ukraine, where I was born and raised. 
And my background is starts with, I was working for marketing agencies. I was working with a bunch of startups. My last job before starting the company was Google. When I was working with a lot of e-commerce brands, helping them actually grow through different marketing channels, like paid channels, organic channels. Uh, so I saw, I, I started working with AI back then because we started seeing new possibilities to automate and scale and grow campaigns through mostly like machine learning and like working with data. But I saw how important imagery is like on ads, on the way how people respond, conversions, like the higher quality imagery helped brands sell better and convert. So yeah, I already had some backgrounds with AI and when I met my co-founder, who is actually the data scientist on my team, so I'm responsible for product, partnerships, clients, and I have the research team that is building the technology, and we are testing all new approaches that what is new, what's possible to do. So I immediately connected to this to this problem that, yeah, we need to allow people to create high-quality photography with, at a low cost. Because not every company can, especially startups, can afford a photo shoot that's like ten, twenty thousand dollars. I think the ability to actually do it in house or do it themselves, you know, that's a game changer. Not only do they save time, because imagine yeah. the amount of time it takes to hire a professional photo crew to come in, you know, to have a whole day or even a whole week sometimes dedicated to shooting the content versus, you know, using your technology, they can do it literally within a few hours and the images that they get are even higher quality than I think a photographer can produce, you know, at least for the, for what they're getting for their money. So I think that's, that's huge. So thank you for sharing that. Now, when you guys came up with the concept to, to launch, right, Cloud AI, how long did it take to launch? Like what was like, what was the process involved? Actually, our story started way before we launched Clade. We have two products. We have the product called Let's Enhance. That was our first product. Uh, and we launched it in five years ago. It's a simple tool that allows to improve quality of images. Uh, and that's the that was the first technology that we've built. When you have the image that is low res, might be like having some compression and not looking good just one click of the button and we improve quality we basically redraw the image from scratch improve resolution fix the missing details so everything looks like sharp and that was something that we started from and that's how we learned at that moment it was 2018 AI was before this chat GPT era and what we've currently seen this massive flood of tools and the main discoveries were still in research and technology was a little bit on the early days. It's still early, but progressing every year is like exponentially progressing. So we started with that, but then we started getting a lot of business requests because our first audience were like designers, photographers, like just people who want to have higher quality content. But then we started having like a lot of requests. Can you do it for my business? Can you do it at scale? What if I have like 10,000 of product photography? What can I do? So we started thinking about like how we can automate that, how we can scale this, what else can we do? So uh, currently we cover almost all steps of workflow, like improving quality, fixing light, removing background, replacing like placing product into the center of the canvas, all these small steps you can combine together in one workflow. And definitely the last one was generative AI. 
now we can take that product and start thinking about like okay how we can create new visuals with that and AI is great for ideation for like trying different concepts right now we are in October which is holiday season is coming you need to have a lot of related seasonal visuals right Halloween is coming Black Friday then we have Christmas so even for the same product you need to have like three different types of visuals in the next two months so for brands it's very expensive to shoot everything like especially for the smaller brands so yeah so that's how we ended up here I love that. Yeah. So your solution for, you know, smaller brands, you know, to be able to do this on their own, but also for bigger brands to, you know, save some some of their marketing budget on the expensive photo shoots that they have to do. And also, you know, having to always retain services. Now, they might still do photo shoots for certain things, but those can be more of the high level things. But for basic everyday needs that they have, you know, their marketing team can can use this to actually create beautiful photos because some e-commerce sites, they have so many new products that come out and they're yeah. launching product after product after product. So they really need to have a fast way of producing quality, high quality content and photos in order to promote those products and services, especially if they're going to run, you know, Facebook ads or the Halloween season. Think about how many different Halloween costumes they have, right? And <laughs> like, how is that going to be shown in the backdrop? So, so I love that. So tell us a little bit about in terms of, you know, how are you actually, you know, getting the word out there? How are you promoting this to the target audience and reaching more people? Yeah, definitely. So we have uh, a few channels. So for the we work with both small brands and uh, bigger accounts, bigger marketplaces. So for bigger marketplaces, that's, I would say, more classic sales-driven, partnership-driven approach because we need to discuss different requirements. We need to understand, is there the current priority for the companies? We need to understand their clients better and what their challenges better. So we have the team that helps companies to integrate our technology within their workflow. So it, it's nev- it always takes a little, some time, right, to explore, to test, to run tests. So that's more self-driven approach. On the smaller businesses, like our website is open. Everybody can get an account, can get 20 images to, to test. Uh, we are still experimenting with number because uh, we add more stuff and I'm always like, let's get more credits so people can play with that. This year definitely was... A lot of new learnings because Gen AI is, is like completely new direction of technology that allowed new things that were not possible before. So we are learning together with our clients. And one of the main channels for us is we're trying to be helpful and we release a lot of content on educational content, how to prompt, like what scenes to use to get the better results. Uh, There is still some cases that we cannot do and we are actively working on cracking that. Like very frequent requests is like when hand holds the product, but it's really hard for the AI. So we don't have it yet. We, We are working on kind of finding a way that the hand can interact with the product and it looks realistic because if somebody of the folks from the audience maybe try to generate hands on AI, they never, sometimes they don't look that realistic. Sometimes they do. So that's something that is still on the, on the goal. Yeah. So we have, we've had, we've seen a lot of good organic growth. We are testing collaboration with some influencers, uh, but as technology is very new, we are, and we are like on the front 
uh, of building this and understanding this, we try to be like really helpful and not just sell stuff, but like educate what, what's possible to do with technology and collaborate with some of the industry providers to, to help us grow as well. Yeah, thank you so much, Sophie. I mean, I love that because, you know, AI, even though it's been around for many years, it's only mm -hmm. in like 2023 with the inception of when ChatGPT came out and then Midjourney came out and Dolly and, 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 you know, all of these different platforms that people are really paying attention now because it's really hard to not pay attention, right? It's everywhere you go. There's AI this, AI that. And there are people that are embracing it. And then there are people that are still a little like, you know, treading lightly. They're a little afraid. So I think it's so important to educate people because people will always be fearful of what they don't know. But the Absolutely. more that they learn, they can be more comfortable with AI. And I think that more people need to know how to use it. The reason why they're not using it is they just don't know how. And I think yep. it's if, if you're teaching them, like you're educating them on, hey, here's some ideas on how you can use Plate AI to, you know, have beautiful product photos for your Christmas trees or for this. Here's how you can use it for, for beauty brands, you know, for different things, but also just in general, like advantages of using generative AI, you know, to actually be more productive, to save more time, to grow and to, you know, increase revenue for a business, a company, a brand. Those are all mm -hmm. important things. So, how, how do you guys feel about in terms of like people that come and they say, well, you know, I don't want to use AI because I think that it's, it's just a fad or I don't want to use AI because I don't think that it's doing any good. It's going to do evil. Like, what are your thoughts on how to educate that side of the spectrum? Yeah, absolutely. So there is a few thoughts how we can think about that. And definitely I like the saying that AI will not replace people, but people who use AI will replace people who don't, uh, which I think it's true. It will not, it will not happen immediately, but ultimate technology is, is, is not positive or negative, just it's natural, right? So same technology, there was a very popular Oppenheimer movie just recently, like, right? But like, when the technology was invented, you can create energy or you can create the bomb, right? So it's like the, the use case that was matter. So definitely in AI, I, I'm following everything that is happening within regulations and ethics. And as a technology builder, we need to be responsible and we need to take into consideration all these aspects. But I think this this stage it's important to understand that this will be new Excel, right? This will be new tools that are important to learn how to, to work with them because they, they will help and make our lives easier. There are some aspects that are important to take into consideration. And I personally think that I am seeing a lot of work from foundational model builders like OpenAI, Cloud, all the LLM providers that try to be careful and with misinformation, with where the data is coming from, like, is it something that is copyrighted or is it not? So it's still work in progress. The industry is very new. But I would say that for the people who are skeptical to AI, we definitely need to raise these questions about, especially authors in our visual space. The one who was disrupted the most was like digital artists, but they are actually the ones that are the ones that like benefit from, from that the most as well, because they are usually the first to adopt these technologies. So I say that there's two aspects of that. 
but like rejecting AI completely because it might do any, some it might do some harm, but we still need to to learn how to work with that because that's that's inevitable. But we need to push technology providers and builders to be responsible and transparent where the data is coming from and how to protect and how to make sure that at least this control is labeled, people realize that it's AI to avoid some negative consequences that might occur. So thank you so much for sharing that, Sophie. So Sophie, I'm sure that there's some AI tools that you have as well that you know are favorites of yours. I'd love to hear what some of your favorite AI tools are. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm definitely testing a lot of stuff in visual space and multiple other space. So from the visual perspective, I am a big user of Midjourney for art generation. Midjourney is an amazing tool for replicating some styles and like just literally if you want to ID it. So because in our case, we work with product photography, but if I just want to create some abstract visuals, some sometimes even backgrounds, Actually, spoiler alert, we will be launching a feature when you can upload the mid-journey or any other image that was generated maybe externally or you found online and you like, and we will be able to blend it products into that. It's coming really soon because we notice that sometimes people like spend a lot of time trying and playing and then we're like, oh, I wish I can just reuse it for my, for my products. So we will allow to do that. Uh, I'm playing a lot of Esme Journey. There's definitely some tools that I'm excited, like Runway. They recently launched text to video. It's generating video is so much harder than, than visuals, just because you need to have to think about the consistency of frames and like how it's all moving together. So video is on the earlier days of adoption and technology, but like there is Runway who's working on that. There is Pika Labs who are working on that. You can also upload your images and animate them, which is very fun use case. My good friends, Crea.ai, they are like building a tool for creatives to generate art and to generate different concepts. They have a lot of designers using them. So they recently launched things called patterns when you can upload your logo in back, black and white and uh, generate the image that kind of blends in your logo, like in the shape of your logo, which I think is a fun case for many brands to kind of get creative around that. So that I really enjoyed uh, playing with that. One more, uh, especially for video creators, uh, also friends of mine called Capsule. That's a product that allows you to cut out like to record videos what we are doing right now to cut out them edit them add subtitles add a lot of things everything's done by ai so very very easy way to create short copy and long video copies so yeah thank you thank you for those because yeah i've heard of some of them and some of them i haven't heard of so i like to try new try. tools yeah i like to try new tools all the time and mid-journey you know i've been using that for like a long time and yeah. i love what it can do but i'm curious to know like what are what are some of the favorite styles you have in terms of types of art to create? Because there's so many different things, right? There's different styles and there's like, you know, like artistic style. There's, you know, photographic. There's the, you know, like sketch style, cartoon styles, memes, so many different things. Yeah, so I'm personally, I like generate either something like geometrical abstract because then I can reuse it in many ways and it can be a part of designs also i like my hyper realism and macro so if you just kind of see these details it was something that was hard because like technology needed to get to decent quality 
before it became possible. I also like generating architecture, like futuristic architecture. That's kind of, <laughs> you know, it's hard to build these things and like build sketches. So it's just, just an imagination and prompting that helps a lot. For product photography, I'm testing a lot of like backdrops, how we can use a lot of geometrical references, like just platforms, some different elements that maybe we can be, can reuse like a concepts. So yeah, that's, that's what, and what's my primarily use case. Sometimes I do generate portrait, but it's less frequently than architecture. Yeah. And what's your opinion like for, you know, product images, right? What's your opinion on the lighting types? Like what are some of the favorite lightings that you guys are incorporating into your product for, you know, the different types of lighting options to accentuate a product? And is it differentiate from maybe different, you know, different niches, like saying, meaning if it's like health versus beauty versus the liquor industry like are there different preferences that people like or that you have found to be more preferred amongst different categories yeah absolutely so in product photography use case the probably most frequent lighting is like studio light it's direct like the product is well lit in our case the better image we got as an input like Ideally, we need like this good image on white with like good light. Then we can match the background because we are using additional technology to recognize what the light on the product and match it. But it's still light is one of the hardest cases, especially if you want to change the light. So that's a work in progress. But like for product photography, studio light is probably the most frequent one, unless you want something creative, something more like artistic brand campaigns, when the product is like barely visible and it's in some environment, but it's it's on the harder part to generate it right now. It's still in progress. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of things are evolving and even, you know, the AI apps and platforms that come out today, yeah. you notice like a month later, a few weeks later, there's so many new features and there's more advancements, right? So yeah. with great AI, what, what advancements do you see? Like, let's say six months from now, three months from now, one year from now, like, where would you like to see things? Yeah, absolutely. So currently we are working on something called core quality. Uh, and this involves many aspects, which is a constantly improving quality of the background to match the quality of the products, improve quality in the pro of the products to match the quality of backgrounds, definitely light shadow generation, in our case, what's very important, it's pretty technical, but it's like dubs, you know, the prod, the volume, because each of the products has the volume. So instead of just being like pasted, like in, if you just paste them, it never looks too realistic. So we need to blend in the product to understand the dubs of the product and kind of place it in there. So it looks like the product is actually standing in the room or on the platform. So that helps with the realism a lot. What we we're seeing as a next trend and a lot of brands, they have their own brand guidelines and requirements and some styles that they prefer and they're native to their brands. So in the near future, we will be able to do what's called fine tuning. It's like basically having your own small version of the model that you trained on your style of images and it will can replicate it much more accurately because like it's hard to guess for, for the network to guess all styles, right? So we are, we are seeing that all the tools are moving into get, giving more control to the user and be able to 
give more and more additional hints to the technologies like, hey, I actually like this and or I like this style. Um, can you replicate or generate just in this style? So we've been running some tests about like training network on some style and so it can get better and closer results to that style. Yeah. I love that. So training the model on different styles, different techniques, different things that the clients have asked for. And then over a period of time, it's going to learn what these preferences are. And it's going to generate AI images that are more conducive to this is what people actually want. This is how imagery should look for this type of industry, because sometimes the beauty industry aesthetically like the backgrounds are going to be a little bit more sleek a little bit more sexy a little bit like shimmer shine like a luxury feel whereas like for a bottle of whiskey it might be a little bit more rustic and wood in the background or woodsy and just a different lighting right Yeah, exactly if you think about the style of like a magazine a luxury magazine and a lifestyle photography it's very different vibes of the of the content so if you just get like 10, 15, 20 images of that style, we can give enough guidance and enough hints for AI, like, hey, we really like this glamorous style or we want something more edgy, more lifestyle feel. So yeah, that's where uh, I feel we are moving. Thank you, I love that, absolutely. And let's suppose that you you and your friends, I'm sure you have a lot of friends that are in tech and AI, let's suppose that you guys are all sitting by the campfire one night (laughs) and you're just having some candid discussions. If we were like snooping in the background, what do you think that we're gonna hear you guys talking about when it comes to, you know, technology and AI? Like give us some of like behind the scenes. Well, every week is, is a new agenda, right? But like, definitely, I think, it's all moving into few directions about given all this technology, how, how this can, technology can scale up and grow and get smarter. And it's like, if you just feed more data, like in our case, images, if you just feed more images to the technology, it gets better fast. First, it gets better fast, 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 but then it's not enough. Like you need to give more tooling, more hints, and maybe just simply adding more data to the to AI will not improve it. There's a lot of discussions on like additional tools, additional techniques to kind of like work smarter, not just collect more data. Definitely there's a lot of conversations about like regulations, about like different countries regulating AI because like there is a huge uh, movement in European Union trying to control AI, trying to mm, push providers to disclose where the data is coming from, which I think in many cases it's the right direction, but it needs to be if we just uh, ask, but sometimes it's a very hard thing to do. So sometimes like if we use something like ChatGPT, the OpenAI has trained on like billions and trillions parameters. So not all of them can be released. So we need to find like a smart balance for people to be able to give like ASIC AI, but at the same time build fast because that's where the end user benefits a lot. Because if it's a two-person company trying to hack some tool overnight, they will not be disclosing like, okay, we are using this and this and this because it's a lot of legal work. So there should be some balance. But I'm personally following this space pretty like closely to, to understand where we will come from. Because like AI is the next mobile internet. That would be the new era of new tools. They work in the different way, but it, they are staying for sure. 
Absolutely. Yeah. AI is here to stay and it's only getting more robust and getting smarter and there's going to be more and more use of it. And so my question on that would be too, when you think about AI and everything that it's able to do, a lot of people are threatened by AI in terms of like losing their jobs or losing opportunities. What would you tell people that are out there, they're worried about losing their job because of AI? Like what can they do to actually safeguard their own career, their own positions? I would say that they need to learn how to work with these systems. Because like people who will adopt them, they will stay. Because like the demand for people who understands how to work with these tools, you don't need to be too technical. Like if you want to master GBT, you don't need to be too technical. You just need to learn proper prompting. Prompting is a new programming, just in native words. You need to like train your language model to be a new marketer for you and write a new campaign for you. From what I'm seeing right now, AI will is not replace complete job description. It completes some parts of that, like writing product descriptions or writing social media posts. Uh, but you still need to guide it. It still needs guidance to have like the high quality result. So people who learn how to guide these networks, they will stay and the demand for these professions will just rise. Like the more and more companies adopt them, you need more people who know how to do that. So that's a good timing to start learning. And it's definitely requires some skills switching. But I think it's a great opportunity to even like move faster. And if you learn it now, you're already like 10 steps ahead from the market. So that's what is actually the right time to do it. Think about it as a new Excel, really. People, people really demonize and humanize it just because maybe it's a chat form. <laughs> but that's like a new Excel, right? It's or a new Facebook ads cabinet. I love that. I think that's great advice, Sophie, that you gave. And I say the same thing all the time. And I think, and I've been seeing like in the media, they are saying prompt engineers are going to be, you know, paid anywhere from 225 to 350,000. Yeah. So I think people who really want to safeguard their jobs, it's like, you know, learn about AI. So if you're working in an organization, right? Be the person in your department or, you know, in the team that knows the most about AI so that people will say, well, you know what, you're invaluable now because even though your job technically duties could be done with AI, but who's mm-hmm. going to actually come in and tell us strategy wise what we need to do incorporating AI so that our company can be more productive, we can save more money, we can retain our employees better. Like there's so many things that that can be done. So I think if you position yourself in any corporation in that respect where you are the most knowledgeable person and now it's knowledgeable with AI before it was just knowledgeable in general and maybe the niche that you're in, I think you're always going to be an asset in corporate America and they're not going to be thinking, well, you're going to be the first one to go. You're going to be the last one to go because they have to let certain people go. But then they also evaluate who gets to stay, who gets to leave and why. So if you make yourself like an asset, they're going to keep you. And I think that's what I always say is don't be afraid of using AI. Adopt it now. Start playing around with it. Start learning it. And try to learn, you know, what tools are appropriate for what your needs are. Like make an inventory list. Like, hey, I need something that can do this, 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 and this. And then you can go out and find the right tools to do that with. Now, personally, in your day-to-day, you know, running your business and and doing day-to-day activities and things, 
you know, what AI tools do you use to be more efficient, to be more productive, or to get get things done that you need to on a daily basis for your company? Yeah, there is a few tools that stick with me, right? So definitely I'm using a lot of writing AI and some of them are part of other tools. So I am paying for GPT, really helps me with all types of copy, emails, emails draft. Actually, Google recently added AI assistant in all the G Suite, so it helps, it's easier, like just conducting docs, conducting emails, it learns on your style. We also use a lot of call recording software and the hint that I learned that you can copy all the transcription, feed it into some, something like GPT, and you ask like, can you give me a summary with key action steps? Because like, like nobody wants to read this like Lancy transcriptions. You just want like a three core thoughts and three core action steps, right? And it's, I don't have time to write that. <laughs> I just like, I have seven calls per day just with my team. So like, but they need to know the action steps. We need to write follow-ups. So that actually saves a lot of time on writing. There is a tool called Perplexity AI. It's built on top of GBD. It's a great tool for search. It's connected to internet. So if you need to do like a market research or fact-checking, it's actually very, very helpful. Really recommend. Definitely we are using a lot of AI in the content creation, like some small and short, short parts, mid-journey for like general images. We use also our own tool ourselves, our designers using a bunch of stuff that are available with connection to Figma. There's a, a new movement in generating websites of part of the websites. We actually just started testing that, this, but like in the future, you don't need to build all the standard components on the website, like, I don't know, embed tweet or footer or like just some parts of the website that are not creative, like a menu, like, okay, I don't need innovation in the menu. I just need a drop-down list. So these parts will be written by AI, which helps to save time on something that is more about your brand. Thank you so much for sharing, you know, your day-to-day -day routine with AI, because it's always fascinating to see what other founders are using and what they find useful. But I think anything I mean, I was so happy when like a kid in a candy store, when AI first, like really, they started talking about it and ChatGPT came out and I was like, and then after that, it was mid journey. And I'm like, oh my God, I absolutely was in love <laughs> with both of them. And then even tools like Hey Pie and just so many others. And I think now it's like, for me, I feel like there's never been a time so exciting as right now as we sit in 2023. And I think that with AI and technology, things are moving so fast. Like even when 2024 hits around, I think that things are going to be so advanced so quickly. Because even now with ChatGPT, now you can upload images to it and it can interact Thank with you. images. It can actually, you can talk to it. It can talk back to you. So it's fascinating to me how fast things are just advancing. And I think that people Definitely. who get left behind, I think that's that's not good. And even like for me, like just in noticing the difference between the younger generation and the older generation, I notice a lot of times and it surprises me, I guess, because if I, I would make sure that my parents knew how to, they know how to use, fully use a cell phone. They know how to call an Uber. They know how to forward a text message to someone else if they need to or send an email on their phone. But a lot of times I'm noticing like the older generation, it's shocking to me that a lot of the basic things that we take for granted, 
they don't even know how to do. But then when they need help or something comes, like let's say someone drives and now they can't drive, so they need to call an Uber. But they're like, well, I don't use the Uber app, or I don't want to put my credit card in there or this and that. But in reality, and I, and I see those people as being, I think, the most resistant towards AI as well. But the problem is the world is changing so quickly that I, they're not even at least open to understanding it and learning about it. They're truly going to get left behind because pretty soon, imagine what life is going to be like. We know what it's like now. Imagine, Sophie, what things are going to be like two or three years from now where everything even within our homes and our home offices and our business offices is so advanced. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Because then like a lot of things in our homes will be controlled by AI. Yeah, it will be helping us to fit in their personalized goals, right? There is a whole new moment on like, AI is all moving into that personalizations get so much cheaper and like the technology gets to know what your needs your writing style, your nutrition like requirements. And I use GPT for recipes. I hate looking for recipes on the internet because like when you open the, any website, it just gets bombarded by like display ads and you need to scroll like enormous amount of time to find this. Like I just need ingredients and like three letters of instruction. I don't need to read all this whole list of things. And imagine like GPD knows my diet requirements or my goals or like that I am taking some medicine and I can cannot do these and these and these products. So it's just so much easier. And I think we're moving in the time that we will have actually more time for something that we love for creativity. And these like more routinish tasks they got they get automated. Yesterday I saw the demo of the tool that I imagine that is empowered by voice generation that is calling for you to CVS to refill your subscription, your prescription, your medical prescriptions. Because you just need a name, third name and like prescription number and then you can they can look it up in the system. And it's just like a waste, right? Why we need to call this? <laughs> That's fascinating. So, yeah, yeah. So like these tasks can be fully automated for sure. In yeah. the, and it's happening like faster than we think. I love that because no one likes to you know, spend time on hold with automated Absolutely. machines. Well, if they're automated, <laughs> we should give them back our automated AI box. Exactly. That that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I love that. That's wonderful. And if that's the way the world's going, like I'm all in, I'm all in for that. All Me in. too. Yeah, yeah for sure. So tell me, do you have like a favorite quote, either of yours or someone else's or a life philosophy that you've always, you know, maybe been inspired by or that you like to live your life by? There is this quote that I really like and I've been following it. I even had like a poster. It's by Salvador Dali. It's everything you can imagine is real. And actually in the world of AI, it's coming true, like completely true. It's like everything you can imagine you can describe and it can become a reality. So that's what I'm trying to live to. And that's actually what why I moved to US because I imagine living here and uh, I always wanted to live a little bit in Silicon Valley. I'm just here. <laughs> Good for you. Good yeah. for you. You are, you are living where you need to be. You're building that dream, connecting with other founders. So that's amazing. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to share of anything exciting that you're coming out with or any exciting conferences that you're going to be at where people can connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to connect through my socials. I post frequently if I'm attending or 
Speaking at some conferences, the next conference that I'm particularly excited is TED-EI. So it would be in two weeks in San Francisco. It's a EI edition because like there's so many open questions to discuss. What is so the many... name of it? What was the name of it again? The conference? It's and... TED-EI. It's um, TED. T-A-D? Yes. T-E-D. It's like technology. T-E-D. Oh, TED. Okay. TED-AI. Okay. Yes. So okay. they usually have this large conference in Vancouver every year. Uh, but this year they're doing AI edition in San Francisco. So I am excited about that. I think there is a lot of other events, but like that's one I am looking forward. Awesome. Awesome. Would love to get some insights on what you learn from there and tell people like, you know, where they can go and get a free trial and then also where they can connect with you, like on, you know, with social media platforms and all of that. Yeah. We will attach the links. So yes. people can find uh, on the social media platforms. And for if you want to try AI product photography f- for your brand, just go to clade, C-L-A-I-D dot AI. Everybody can register an account. We give you 20 free credits to play with. And if you have any struggles or any ideas, we have the email that you can message and we, can, we will be happy to talk to you or assist you. Yeah, that's it. Wonderful. Yeah, we will put everything in the show notes for everyone so that they can check everything out and link over. And it was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Sophie, Thank you so much for, for, for spending some time with us today. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Mesmerizing Marketing Podcast. If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe to the show so you don't ever miss an episode. And also share it with your friends. Dimple would be so grateful if you could take a minute to leave a review and visit the podcast website to check out all the latest episodes at www.mesmerizingmarketingpodcast.com. That's www.mesmerizingmarketingpodcast.com. And follow Dimple on Clubhouse. Her handle is at marketing expert. And also join her Mesmerizing Marketing Club also on Clubhouse for live rooms on top marketing strategies for entrepreneurs and business owners who want to mesmerize their marketing. Thank you.